0: there, true believers, and welcome to Simply Devotion, the podcast that takes complex theological ideas and breaks them down into points of simply understanding. I am your host, Pastor Vinny. And I'm the podcaster that likes to remind you, when life throws a monkey wrench at your head, Jesus is still the logo, the logic, the reason, the word that builds your faith all the way back to the kingdom of God. Hey there, True Believers, welcome to a bonus episode of Simply Devotion, the podcast where we like to point out all the great, deep theological reasons that Jesus is worthy of our devotion. I am on a season break. We finished season one had over 23 episodes in season one, praise God. And I am currently studying, organizing, and interviewing people for season two. This is a bonus track. It's not a part of any of the seasons or my planned podcast, but there's a small core of really super faithful people to this podcast. And so even while I am on break, preparing and producing season two, I wanted just to put a few things up for you to listen to so that you don't forget my voice, but also just because you've been so faithful in supporting this podcast. So I am dropping a sermon every couple weeks while I'm on break and um, just to keep you in the loop. This sermon is an incredible sermon. I love it so much. I had so much fun preaching it and connecting with people with it. It's basically about how God can use anybody, no matter what your past is. We, we shouldn't judge people. Anyways, it is a sermon, not an episode. Feel free to break it up. Let's do it in different parts if you want. Come back to it, whatever you want to do. But I'm going to get out of your way and I'm going to let you get into this. The um. Sermon In two more weeks, I'll drop another sermon for you, and I'll keep you updated and uh, keeping the loop about when Season 2 is going to start. I am so excited about Season 2, but today, you're on to the sermon from Harlot to Holy. So, Rahab. What a character, right? am I right? you you, you heard you've heard a little bit about Rahab before, right? We're going to talk some more about Rahab today, but you maybe you've heard a little bit about Rahab before. We're going to talk about a lot of things about her. There's, there's actually a lot we could talk about, Rahab. I mean, like Rahab is the kind of character that that that, that, that might inspire a little bit of gossip, you know. You know how church people are. You know, you know, you know, they they don't gossip. They just have, like, I want you to pray for our sister Rahab. You know, Rahab, she's just like bursting with controversy and questions. But there's a context to her story. And I want to talk to you about the context to her story before we talk about her. Now, I was fortunate enough to visit Jericho, the city of Jericho, where Rahab is from. Now, I want to tell you two things up front about Jericho, okay? Jericho is the longest or the oldest continuously occupied city in the world. You hear that? It is the longest continually occupied city in the world, or so we believe, as far as we know. I'm, you know, that, That's what the evidence says now, okay? So, if you want to think about it this way, from the time of Rahab to now, someone has always lived there. <sighs> okay? And that's, th- that's just, like, there's not many places we can say that about. That we can prove that about. The other thing about Jericho that's interesting—you want to remember Jesus telling a parable about a man went down to where? Jericho. A man went where? And how did he get there? Yep, down to Jericho. Because Jericho is also the city at the lowest level of any other city on the planet. Jericho, get this, get this. Jericho is literally eight, I looked it up to make sure I had the number right. It's literally 846 feet below sea level. So when Jesus said, there was a man who went down to Jericho, he ain't joking. <laughs> the man went down to Jericho. So you, you kind of get, The idea of a man, you know, a man from Jerusalem went down to Jericho in that parable that Jesus tells, right, the Good Samaritan, right? Um, And he goes down towards the Dead Sea, okay? The Dead Sea is the lowest elevation on the planet. That's why it's so salty, right? Now, this is the tell. The tell is the digging site of old Jericho. It's still there. I I walked through here. I went all down through the tell. The city is not quite as big as you might have thought it to be, or at least, at least I thought it'd be. Here's an aerial view of the tell. Like, this is old Jericho. New Jericho is just over there someplace in the picture. Don't, don't worry, it's off-site. But here's an aerial view of the tell. That's the dig site, okay? Like, and, and this, I'm showing it to you now because we're going to come back to this. And I'm just planning these things into the sermon to come back to. How big is the tell? I don't know. Like, probably several football fields. I walked across it. It didn't take me all day. And you can see how it's been dug out. You can see around it. You can see where walls could have been. Okay? Now, I want to talk about Rahab because there's a lot of controversy over Rahab. <laughs> you know? There's controversy. There's damage control. There's, there's all kinds of funny things that happens about Rahab. You know, the Bible says Rahab was a harlot. Yeah, I said the word, and I said it in church, and I'm sorry, but it's in the Bible. The Bible says that Rahab is a harlot. Now, now I, I, want, I want to be fair, and I want to present both sides here, okay? Because there are those who have sought to clean up Rahab's reputation, okay? Like the rabbi. I don't like the idea that she was a harlot. Because, you know, they don't want their heroes being harlots. And even notable Christian scholars, um, like turn of the century, Adam Clark, he had issues with that, and he tried to rewrite that. Listen, the word in Hebrew is zonah, and it literally means cultic prostitute. Not just any prostitute, but cultic prostitute. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because we want to to understand what's really the story is about and not, not just do the superficial, you know, we have the children's story version already. We're going to go a little bit deeper now, right? Now, how do I know if she was actually a harlot? Or if, like the Jews like to say... The rabbis at least like to say she was an innkeeper and, and, and they point out that she's renting out rooms and they point out that, you know, cultic prostitutes didn't rent out rooms normally. And they, 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 they will point out, um, you know, maybe people thought she was a prostitute because, you know, like men came and stayed in her house. <laughs> and so, so, so maybe she got the reputation of having too many guys over, you know. Joshua isn't the only one who speaks about her. He's mentioned several times in the Old Testament and several times in the New Testament. And when James, the brother of Jesus, James the Jester, wrote the epistle or the letter of James, he calls her a harlot. Is, does he call her a zona? Nope. Because he's writing in Greek. So, what does the word he uses in Greek mean? the word he used in Greek to call her a harlot, is porneia. Porneia. Which in Greek means sexual misconduct. James says her profession was sexual misconduct. You know, you you might be able to think of an English derivative of that word, right? But here's what I also want to say about Rahab. What Rahab's profession was is not unusual in a Canaanite city. You see, we, we one of the big challenges I really want to help us move past as, as people of integrity of the word of God is that we stop reading the Bible from 2021's point of view and imposing our culture from 2021 onto culture of literally the longest inhabited city on the planet. She's a Canaanite woman. She's not a Hebrew. You see, the rabbis are so concerned about cleaning up her reputation, but you're not supposed to clean up her reputation because she's not Jewish yet. She's a Canaanite woman. And what do we know about the Canaanites? They worship many gods. They are polytheistic. They worship the Baals. They 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 worship, you know, lots of these nature and fertility gods. Zona means occultic prostitute. This is not a prostitute who's hanging out on the street corner. This is not a prostitute who is luring people on from provocative posts online. This is not a prostitute who is taking someone's husband away from them. That's not what she is. He's a Canaanite cultic prostitute. It's part, actually, I know, it's very foreign to us, right? Why don't you think about it this way? He's like a priestess. This act of prostitution is a part of the Canaanite religion. as is most prostitution mentioned in the Bible, cultic. It's different. It's not like what we think about. It's like people visit cultic prostitution not because of lust, but because they were making an offering to whatever God they represented so that the crops would grow that year or that their wife would have a baby or whatever. This is actually their religion. And what we have to do is back away, back away from all the stereotypes that we would have in 2021 and go back like 4,000, 2,000, 3,000, whatever it is. I didn't do the math on how many years. Um, But go back a few millennia and enter That Now, what else do we know about her? We know she's noble, despite her profession. We know she's noble. We know she cares about people. In fact, everything about this young girl, everything about her is about protecting her family. I don't know if you've noticed that in the story before because we hear the word harlot and we're just like, Oh, that's all we need to know about her. But actually, a story tells the story of a a very hard-working girl who is taking care of her family with the only means she has available to her. And I don't know the backstory of her. I wish the Bible gave us more backstory, but I can tell you this about her. Her concern is always, always, repeatedly in this story for her mother, her father, and her siblings. Over and over, she's mentioning them as the object of why? She has to do what she has to do. I don't know if someone's disabled. I don't know if they're from a poor family. I don't know what the situation is, but whatever is going, because the Bible doesn't give us all that backstory, but whatever is going on, she makes it clear in the narrative over and over. Please, I don't care about me. I don't care what happens to me. I don't care about me, but but save my mom. Save my dad. you save my whole family here's another thing about her she is extremely spiritually sensitive you know what i mean by spiritually sensitive she's not locked in i mean she literally works for the religion the religious establishment in her town (laughs) like she does she's a cultic prostitute She's like, I hear about other religions, and I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, could there be a God? Because I'm worth more than this? I wonder, could there be a God that values me more than my religion? Could there be a God? Maybe. Who sees me for more than what I can do? She's always, you'll see in the story, she's, she's always got her ear to the ground for that gut. And the only reason she is in the situation she's in is because she's in the culture she's in. She's in the place she's in. She's in in in, in the country she's in. She's in the city she's in. But she's like, I, I, this is what I was born into. But, there, but, 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 but could there be another way? my mom and dad could eat tonight. My little children, my my little brothers and sisters wouldn't go to bed hungry. Could there be a God who would do that for me? Who doesn't expect me to do something for him that I don't want to do. And it's at that time that Joshua is coming into the land. It's at that time that Joshua's preparing to bring the ark across. Remember, we talked about this last week. It's at that time Joshua's like, we, 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 we got to go in. Now, now it's really interesting because he sends the spies in. Anyone remember how many spies Joshua sends in? Oh, this little boy right here. Oh, man, he got it. he got the peace sign up. Oh man, he's a that's a Bible scholar right there. That might be that might be a future theologian. Two. You know why? Moses sent 12. And 10 came back unfaithful. So Joshua was like, let's just get rid of the 10 and we're just going to go with the two. The <laughs> two came back good last time, good enough for me. Remember, I told you, he was Moses' apprentice. (laughs) He was paying attention. He was one of the faithful ones who came back. Now, often people ask me this next question, and I'm not going there in this sermon. They ask me, how did these two good Hebrew boys end up at Rahab's house? No, I can't. I can't. I'm going to leave that to the rabbis to apologize away. I don't know. But you can see why the rabbis want to clean the story up. I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a subtext there or not. Like, I'm telling you, I don't know. But they end up at her house, and she does seem to keep rooms in her house for guests. Okay, that's what we can say safely and saying with the text without entering into a bunch of what if apologetics. But somehow they're in her home, and somehow she knows that they are Hebrew boys, and, and this is important to her. You know why it's important to her? Remember what I told you about her, right? She is what? Spiritually sensitive. She's listening for the existence of another God. She's been paying attention to the headlines. She's kept her ear to the ground. And the king gets the report. Then there are these two Hebrew spies, and they're walking around Jericho. and, and You know you know where guys end up in Jericho, right? You know? Well, let's go see if they're like the other guys that come to Jericho. And, you know, so off the coast. To Rahab's house. Rahab, she's quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw those guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they headed that direction. But they got to jump on you. So if if, if you're going to get them before it gets too dark, you're going to have to go now. Blessings (laughs) be with the king. Now, the other thing that the Bible doesn't deal with, and I'm not going there. I'm not going to be like the rabbis and do a lot of speculation today. You didn't hear it here. She lied. Bible doesn't deal with it. <laughs> I was like, "This is what happened," because where were they? They we are upstairs, hiding under a bushel of flax, of uh, plants, of 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 you know flax plant, whatever, tree, bush, whatever. The whole time she's like, they went that way, but they got the jump on you. So you better go. Blessed be the king. I don't know, but she did. I'm kind of glad she did. I don't know about you. I don't know how we, what, I, I, you see, I, I think maybe one of the points is we have to recognize that God is at work in people's life in various places. Anybody hear me today? Like people may not be all at the same spiritual level. There may still be people, you know, drinking coffee. I don't know. Eating that certain thing, I don't know. Watching a certain show, I don't know. And we see it. Well, did I hear that? That, 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 What kind of music coming out of you know the deacon's car? Maybe the point is God deals with us where we're at. He's not always going to be a harlot. You read the story before, right? I'm not spoilers. He's not always going to be like like I wonder if we could extend that kind of love. Could we, could we love people where they're at? Could, could we look at people and see where they might be going? Well, pastor, you know, they're sitting on the camp. We got, yeah, yeah, yeah. But can we, can, can we look at the trajectory? It's interesting. It's interesting. Anyways, she said to the man, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Sit her, faith right out the door. Listen, I hid you away because I know the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon all of Jericho. Evidently, the king is worried. And that the inhabitants of this land will melt away before you. She's like, I'm smart enough. Cast my die the right direction. <laughs> right? I, I, I'm betting on the horses, and you're the safe bet. <laughs> I you know, I see that there's nothing in Jericho. I see that Jericho is a low down place. You get with me today. It's a low down place. I mean, it's just going down and down. It keeps going, but down. She's like I get it. I get it. And I know that we're the ones in the wrong. I know our culture. Trust me, I'm being used by our culture. No, this is no place good. Well, we have heard. You hear me today? We have what? Heard. Say it with me. We have what? Heard. We have what? Say it. Heard. Come on, let them hear you on YouTube. We have what? Heard. Heard. Heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of where? Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond the Jordan. Jordan that is the river going right down to the Dead Sea. To Sion and Og, and how you devoted. Whom you devoted to utter destruction. Like, 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 we know the story. We we are getting the tweets. We are keeping with the updates. We are watching Israel. And I am spiritually sensitive, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this God Yahweh, who parted the Red Sea, because He did not endorse slavery. I'm hoping that God that doesn't endorse slavery doesn't endorse prostitution. I mean, her culture has failed her. Her religion has failed her. And she just doesn't want to fail her family. Like I, 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 I don't know what you do when people are hungry. I've heard. She what? She's heard. She's what? She heard that there might be a better God. She heard about this God, Yahweh, who was against the most powerful nation in the world. I mean, like, like, if he could take down Egypt, he will just devastate Jericho. <laughs> right? Like, Just forget. No wonder they're melting with fear. Right? Like, I have heard about this God. And, and he doesn't put up with oppression. He doesn't put up with injustice. He doesn't put up with evil. You know, he will tear the sea itself apart to free people. Oh, how oh, I want to be free. Oh, how I want to... Not let one more customer into the inn. Oh, how I hope, how oh, I hope the stories that I've heard about the templeless God, about the idolless God, he had no idol. About the God who travels in a cloud and a pillar of fire with his people wherever they go, protecting them? Now he just like plucked them out of a, uh, out of a city, out of a nation that was oppressing them. And he, if We don't know why he would do that for them. But, but he did, and what if he would do that? What, what if he would do that for me? You know what? She's thinking to herself, if he would do that for me, I'm not going. I'm going to stay in Jericho. I'm not going unless my family comes. He's an interesting character. Watch. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. Of course, he took out of people and take you guys out, no problem. You saw the city, right? And there was no spirit left in any man because of you. The Lord your God, he is a God in heaven. And he is above all that's on the earth. have heard. have heard. We have done downloaded that other pastor's podcast. She was willing to get outside of her circle of comfort to hear a different word about a better God. Who is stuck? Like, that's our theme this year, right? Unstuck faith forward. Who is stuck? Because they haven't heard. You know, like it's like we're we're so quick to, to point out the flaws of certain groups. We're, we're, we're so quick to make judgments about how certain people live. We're, we're, we're so quick to say what, what everybody else is doing wrong, and you know, this ain't right. This isn't what what, what, what people should be doing, and we gotta have standards. We, we, but, but, But have they heard? Have you told them about a Yahweh who can part their Red Sea? Because I want to tell you something. People don't stay in bondage who know they can be free. And when we cancel the idea of who she was to clean up the story for our people... Turn down the volume on God's power. But you know what we're also doing when we do that? Turning down the need for us to say anything. It's so easy to walk by that person who asks you for change. I mean, my problem is I never have money. Like, it's all plastic these days. But it's so easy, isn't it? It's so easy to drive by that person. It's so easy to not notice Have they heard? do uh, maybe you don't got something to give. Maybe you can't. Like whatever their situation is, that you see someone on a street corner. You make a giant I, maybe they're selling something. Maybe they're buying something. You know, like maybe you're afraid they have a gun. I, I don't know what your thing is, but, but 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 if you're gonna be afraid, if 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 you're gonna act negative towards them, if you're gonna think negative, them, just ask yourself this question: Have they heard? Yeah, she's a pagan. Yeah, she's a prostitute. Yeah, she's a citizen of Jericho. Yeah, she's a listener of testimony. Yeah, he's a believer in the God of Yahweh who redeems. Now then, please, now then, please, swear, please, swear to me that by the Lord, by that Lord, by by this Yahweh who parts red seas and gets people out of bondage, gets people out of... now, Now, please, 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 swear to me by the name of that Lord, as I have dealt kindly with you, you will deal kindly with my father's house. He is not about her ever. Give me a what? A sure... Sign, she don't want any sign. Her life's on the line, her family's life is on the line, her father's life on the line, her mama's on the line, her little sister's life's on the line. She didn't want her little sister to have a up like she did. Her brother's life's on the line. Give me, please, please. I, 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 need, I need something. I need a, a particular sign. Not, not just any sign. I, I just, you, you know, I, I need the kind of sign that I, that I can put faith in. I, I need the kind of sign that, you know, I, I've come so close to getting out of this lifestyle before. I've come so close to just packing up and running away from the city. But, you know, I couldn't leave my father's house. Like, I, I, I just need a sign. But I don't want any sign now, guys. I, I need a sure sign. And you know what's going on in their head? sign, 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 sign. What are we going to give her for a sign? What, what are we going to give her? What, 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 wait. She heard about us coming out of Egypt, and she wants a sign like we had coming out of Egypt. What was the sign that we had coming out of Egypt? Blood On the doorpost. He knows the story. She heard the story. They couldn't give her a sign. She holds on to what she heard. Okay, now you're thinking. All right, I, I told my family, I told my neighbor about Jesus. You know, I, I, I told them, what are you doing going to church on Sunday? You should be here on Sabbath. I, 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 I told them, what well, you doing eating that food? You should be eating that. You know, you, you know, you know, I, I, I uh, no, 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 no. She doesn't want that kind of sign. What kind of sign does she want? Anybody? A sure sign. She wants a sign of a God that brings people out of oppression. And what is a sign that brings people out of oppression? Blood on the way out. Blood on the door out. No one gets out of oppression without blood on the door. The blood of the Lamb. That's how they got out but you will save me alive. My father and my mother and my brothers. And listen, my sisters, listen to this girl, go. Listen to her, go, she is a hero. Like, she could just be like, take me with you, we're out, we're gone. She's like, no, I, I want a sign, not just any sign, I want a sure sign about, about my mother. I want a sign about my father. I want a sign about my sister. I want a sign about my brothers. I want a sign that you will deliver our lives from death. Look at this girl, go. He's a hero. There are few heroes in the Bible like this woman. And then said to her, listen, listen, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> they, they answer her with a phrase of substitutionary atonement. Death for life. Death for life. Just points right to the cross, folks. And they said to her, our life even, to death. What do they say? We are going to give you a sure sign, a covenant made in blood. We do not tell this business of ours. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives this land, To us, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. They are making a deal in blood. (laughs) And that's the reason for the sure sign. They're like, look. Let our Lord kill us. Let us die. If you hold up your end and we don't hold up ours. Behold. When we come into the land, we shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. Right? The way you let us down is the way we're going to save you. It's the door. It may be the window, but it's the door. It's the way out. (laughs) You shall gather into your house your father, your mother, your brothers, and your father's whole house. Look, look, look. These guys are like, these guys are awesome. (laughs) These are guys like, you want a sign? You want to share a sign? Okay, okay. Here's the sign that we got from Yahweh. <laughs> something red over the way out. You put this scarlet cord like you don't got a lamb. You're not a. You're not an Israelite. You're not a sheep herder. So, so you take something that represents blood and you tie it in your window like we put blood over our door. Our door was the way out. <laughs> you know, Jesus said, "I am the door. I am the way." You, you put this, this symbol of Jesus, this, this symbol of the Lamb, over your window. And you know what? We're not only going to save you. We're not only going to save your mama. We're not only going to save your daddy. We're not only going to save your sisters. We're not only going to save your, your, your brothers. We're going to save anybody you put in this room. Because we know this now. Anyone that's in this room with you, they're going to have what? heard. You see, because sometimes we tell people, but we don't tell them. We don't give them a sure sign. And sometimes we tell them and we give them a sure sign, but we don't give an opportunity for them to see that sign come to pass. Listen, her mama, her daddy, her brothers, her sisters, and anybody else who sticks in that room, they're not getting saved without faith. They're not getting the free pass. They're going, here. (laughs) They're going, Find out about the sure sign. And they're going to get under the cross, the room. And if they don't, I remember a story about Noah this morning. People got on the ark and people didn't get on the ark. She'd get her people in that room, they're going out. And so it came to pass, exactly. You know, they come and they march and there's, you know, you know the whole story. We're not going to recap the whole story forever, but they march around six days, six days, six days. I don't know what this means, but on the seventh day, they go around seven day at times and the walls go down, right? Strange activity on the Sabbath. But nonetheless, what good is a Sabbath if it doesn't end oppression? You do realize that's why the Sabbath was reinstituted right after they got out of Egypt. Because they had been slaves in Egypt. And what do they cry out? We are being worked to death. Save us. And the Sabbath is like, no, no one's going to be worked. Even the guests in your house, you're not going to work them to death. There's no greater time to end oppression than on Sabbath. The walls come down. what, What I want to tell you, what I want to tell you, Like this is... <laughs> oh I wish I had so much more time to talk to you today. <laughs> but I've been there, I-, I-, I walked around the city. Yeah, the archaeologists, and they can't deny there were walls that came down, and the remnants are down when they excavated. I mean, and they have tried, but it's there. That city was encased in walls. And when they excavate, they find the walls under the city. And so they got all of these kind of things. Like, like, like must have been an earthquake. Okay, I believe Yahweh can use an earthquake. What about you? <laughs> they're, like, they're like, oh, it's not that impressive because look how small this city is. I mean, like, are like you talking about God that took out Egypt and you're worried about, yeah, he took down the walls. How many people could have been in there anyways? I don't know, but this is what I know about Jericho. It's surrounded by flat land that was farmland that housed more people than that were inside that city. And when the enemies came, everybody ran inside and they went into lockdown mode. So I don't know how big the extended area is. You know what? I don't care if she was in there alone with her family. Those walls still came down. They can't find a way around that. In fact, no, this is a site. Walked down the site myself. Of course, there's going to be variants of archaeologists disagreeing about this, but that circular dome in the middle, they believe, is the tower that was in the wall, and those walls going around it were walls around it which she lowered them down. God will always leave. Enough of a sign of his redemption for those who have faith. That's why I I don't want to parse out and change her history. I don't want to parse out and excuse away parts of the story I don't like. Because I'm not going to agree with secular archaeologists who are going to try to explain away those walls being down. And they they will, if you read their academic research, yeah, there were walls. They fell down. We don't know how. It must have been an earthquake, and they're trying to figure that out. God always has a sign, enough of a sign, for those who want to believe, and she wanted to believe. She was what? Spirit-sensitive. She wanted a better way. So in chapter 6, it tells us when they came in, rehabbed the prostitute in her father's household. Heard! And all that belonged to her. Like, like, like the implication here is there's more than mama, there's more than dada, there's more than the brother, there's more than sister, there's a whole household, and those so she claimed. I don't know how many people she saved, Joshua saved them alive, And she has lived in Israel to this day, the day that Joshua wrote this, because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to Jericho. And of course, we know that her husband was Solomon, right? Her husband was Solomon. So look at what happened this call? Don't miss it. The girl who entertained people, the girl who was Zona, Hornet, is redeemable, is lovable is honorable, is more than what people counted her to be, a man of important lineage, that that's the one I want to be my wife. Solomon. he became the great-grandma. King David, which is why their rabbis try to scrub the story. <laughs> they don't want King David's great grandma being Zona. A Christians, the brother of Jesus, James the Just, the brother of Jesus, in his epistle in the second chapter, calls her a harlot. And she's not only right, like this is Matthew we're looking at. This is a picture of Matthew on the screen, by the way. <laughs> she's not only the lineage of David, he's the lineage of Jesus. And Jesus' very own brother is happy to have her in the family. Hallelujah! What about the church? The book of Hebrews, eleven chapter, verse thirty-one: By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient meaning she was not disobedient because she had given friendly welcome to the spies. Rahab had what it takes. You know what it takes? It takes faith in a Savior God. You know what it takes? It takes faith in substitutionary atonement. You know what it takes? It takes faith in blood redemption. You know what it takes? It takes faith in Yahweh being greater. Yahweh being greater than the Canaanite gods that are holding you down. And You know who the Canaanite gods are, right? Fallen demons. You know what Joshua's name means? Were you here last week? Did you watch? Did you watch? I should ask, you know what Jesus' name means? Yeshua. Joshua. It takes believing that the demon gods of the Canaanites who are all about oppression quiver and shake at the name of Yeshua. Yeshua at the name of Joshua, at the name of Jesus. This is why, this is why, this is why Gabriel told Mary, name your child Yeshua. Yahweh saves. She believed Yahweh saves. She believed that Yahweh was bigger than her past. She did not let who people said she was define her. She believed there had to be more and when she believed there had to be more she listened for more. And when she heard there was more, she took more. She responded in piece by piece as things went along because she knew there had to be something better than this. You know, one of the problems we have is that we settle for what we got, but there's got to be more sometimes, right? You don't need to settle. It doesn't mean you've got to leave anything. It means you've got to be spiritually sensitive like Rahab and be listening to what the more is that God has. Because Yahweh saves He don't need your permission. You know, we'd be all like, oh, I believe Jesus saves me, but that people, that guy at the corner, won't he get a job? hmm Yeah, I, I believe Yahweh saves, but, you know, only got shot because he didn't have his hands up. We're not fast enough. we, we, We find our excuses, but God isn't interested in excuses. The question is never, did Rahab have what it takes? The question is, do you have what it takes? And well, here's what I mean. She believed and she acted on good news. She believed and she did what? Do you have what it takes? Because I'm going to tell you something. You heard some good news today. I'm not bragging about my preaching. I'm bragging about Joshua's deliverance. When you go out of here, are you going to go back to your old habits? When you go out of here, are going to go back to your own ways? Or when you go out of here, are going to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I believe it could save right now. But I'm going to go back to the way I live and to my old prejudice and the way I think about people and the way I look down on people. You have what it takes to see people the same way those spies chose not to see the town harlot. You can always find something in someone's past. She was the town harlot. But they didn't see that. They saw the Savior of Israel. Because she heard. Faith comes by what? Faith comes by what? Faith comes by what? That's Romans, right? That's Paul, right? Faith comes by what? Who needs to hear? Who needs to hear? Listen to me. Listen to me. Who needs to hear? You see, when I've been telling you, when I've been telling you, can't you share the feed into your Facebook? When I've been telling you, can't can't you just tweet the sermon over your Twitter? When I've been telling you, can't you just email the link? Can't you just email the link? The service, I mean, it's right there. It's already on YouTube. There's already a link. You can just go there and you can just say, hey, I was thinking about you and I wanted to share this with you. Like, you heard. The reason I'm so proud of this church, the reason I'm so happy to be in this church Look what we did, man. There's HD cameras every place in here. We got, we got, we got a studio set up in here. We got digital sound. We, we are set to broadcast to the world. You know why? Not because we want to be famous. Not because we want to. be... Nah, 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 nah. Because someplace out there, there's a rehab, and she needs. Hear, he needs to hear. But I made this video. And this is my video because like, on TikTok you only get At fifteen seconds or sixty. This is all I said in the video. I said like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but Jesus loves you. I don't know who needs to hear this, but Jesus can save you. I don't know who needs to hear this, but no matter what you've done, no matter where you come from, no matter what guilt you're dealing with, Jesus loves you despite it. And if he wants you to do something about it, that's on him to help you. And I was out of a minute. This girl direct messages me. And she's like, Pastor, you believe what you said? And I said, I I do. But my church says that Jesus can love me. My parents say that Jesus doesn't love me. And I'm like, Sister, I don't know what you did, but... Jesus loves you. She's like, but I'm gay. Can he, does Jesus love gay people? I don't know of any openly gay characters in the Bible, but I, I do know a prostitute. And I do know that he loved her enough to call her out of that life, enough to redeem her from that life, uh, enough to give her a husband, and enough to put her in his own lineage. I'm just going to say it one more time. I'm out of here. Who is stuck? Because they've not heard. So when I stand here every week, I don't want to feel guilty begging you to share the feed, To tell you this is the one you want to email to someone. Be a promise keeper. Be a light in the darkness. Jesus Christ, put that mission, put that burden, put that purpose into the heart of your church. In Jesus' name, amen. been listening to a podcast by Pastor Vinny McIsaac from SimplyVinny.com. Stop by our website, check out our blogs, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, all that kind of jazzy promotional stuff. But most important, let's keep growing together in Jesus Christ all the more as we see the day of his return approaching. See you at the next podcast. God bless.